supernatural hand of God revealed in your life. Stand for the reading of God's word. If you're ready to, to learn, shout, bring it on. We're looking in Judges chapter 6. I feel like preaching. Who's hungry? Anybody hungry? Got in from Miami preaching. Hundreds baptized in the Holy Spirit this week as I've been traveling. It's always good to come home. Judges chapter 6. So Israel was greatly impoverished. Verse 6 because of the Midianites and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Now skip to verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Orpha, which belonged to Joash the, Abizar, the Abizarite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Here he is hiding, but the angel of the Lord said, You are a mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonders? One translation said, my wife reminded me, where all his wonders are miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites, have I not sent you? Now here this man is, he's hiding, he's afraid, but the angel of the Lord appears and says, you are a mighty man of valor. And in that moment, there was the making of a superhero. Now this man was going to be a hero, but he couldn't be a superhero without the supernatural power of God. How many of you are a candidate for the supernatural power of God to manifest fest in your life come on there's a superhero on your pew and it's you hallelujah raise up your hands father release anointing and revelation may jesus be glorified bless us here and all my friends around the world by live stream in jesus name somebody give the lord the ovation of praise and a shout amen you might be seated here this man gideon is one of my favorite characters in all the bible he is in a situation where he is hiding and literally shaking in his sandals. And in life, y'all, there are times when God presents us with options, with decisions. And how we respond in those times are defining moments in our lives. You need to write this down. In defining moments, we will choose between fear and faith. Will we step out and do what God is calling us to do? Or will we shrink back in faith? This man, Gideon, he's right there. He's in a defining moment. He, he was for real Clark Kent, y'all. He was afraid. He was scared. He seemed to be bumbling. 
Because of their rebellion, he and his nation were in trouble. They had embraced again adultery and, and, and they're experiencing a time of problem and persecution. And they're partaking of this fruit of ingratitude at the hand of the Midianites and the Amalekites. And if you read through the first part of chapter 6, verse 4 actually said that after the ruthless attack of these nomads, that, that, that they stole the substance of Israel. Literally everything was trampled underfoot. Their livestock, their fruit, their corn, even their grass was destroyed. And I don't mean weed. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about the grass that the animals lived on. And, and all of this was so desperate, and this time was desperate. Everything had been stolen by the enemy. He took their substance. He took everything. And I want to let you know today the devil is after everything. He wants it all. He doesn't just want your salvation. He wants your life. He wants your joy. He wants your peace. He wants your money. He wants your future. He wants your children. He wants your body. He wants your time. He wants your mind. He wants your worship. He wants your praise. He wants it all. But is there anybody here today that's going to say with me, not today, devil. Come on, somebody. Make a little noise if he can't have anything that is rightfully yours. This man, Gideon, he's literally hiding now from the Amalekites and the Amorites. He's in the wine press. He's treading out grain. He's, he's in a wrong place. He, he shouldn't even be in a wine press. You don't tread out grain in a wine press. But he's hiding because he knew that the Midianites would steal even that little bit that he was treading out from, for survival. He was afraid. And sometimes in life, we hide from our problems. This man is afraid. He's hiding from the Midianites and the Amalekites. And today there are people in the room and maybe you're hiding from some stuff. You're hiding from your old wounds. You're hiding from your past. You're hiding from your failures. You're, you're hiding, listen, when you ought to be fighting. The enemy had this man so afraid that he was hiding when he should have been fighting. Hear me in this place. We've been called to live above fear because the Bible said God has not given us a spirit of fear. This angel shows up and here, here Gideon is hiding and trembling. He's shaking in his sandals and the angel says, the Lord is with you in verse 12 and he calls him a mighty man of valor. Isn't that a trip? Brother is afraid, he is scared, but the angel of the Lord says to him, you are a mighty man of valor. He said, you are a mighty man. And I want to tell you something, that gives me hope because God sees us as more than we see ourselves. We see ourselves limited, but God knows what he can do when he joins his power with our faith. He's in hiding and the angel calls him a mighty man of valor. It's a beautiful thing when God understands that you are more than you think you are, that he's put more purpose and power in you than you ever dreamed or imagined. God sees what we have the ability to become. That's why you can't let folks judge you. You can't let people limit you. You can't let the mindset of others hold you down because you have more potential than you realize. See, something shifted when the angel appeared and said, 
five life-transforming words to Gideon. Five words changed everything. Five words shifted the season. Five words took him from Chicken Little to Hulk Hogan. Come on, somebody. Five words changed it all. And here were the five words. The Lord is with you the Lord is with you when he heard that everything shifted everything changed the Lord is with you the Lord is with you see the devil doesn't want you to know it today but the Lord is with you the Lord is with you I said the Lord is with you he's about your victory not your defeat I said he's about your joy, not your depression. He's about your breakthrough, not your breakdown. The Lord is with you. He's about your joy and not your depression. The Lord is with you. Everything changes when you realize that the Lord is with you. Years ago when I was in college, about five years ago, come on somebody, when I went to Southeastern, I was in a singing group my first couple years there, and we traveled singing new song. Come on, y'all. I was, I was in the new song group singing, representing the college, and one of the songs we sang was this. The words were this. I've got power that you can't see. God is living inside of me. I can fight any enemy because God and I make a majority. Come on. You may be outnumbered. You may be outmanned. You may be outgunned. But once you get God in it, baby, you're going to win it. Are there any conquerors in the house? Come on. I said, are there any conquerors in the house? Not because you all that by yourself, but when you get connected to El Shaddai, he is more than enough. He makes a way right out of no way. The, the angel appeared and said, the Lord is with you. Now, the moment he said that, this dude starts making excuses. He said, yeah, but you got to understand, Gideon said. He, he said, my, my clan is the weakest clan, and not only that, I'm the least in my clan. My clan is small, my clan is weak, and I'm the least of all of us. But the angel appeared to provoke his destiny, to provoke him and tell him, you are more than you think you are. I don't know who I'm talking to today. I hope I'm talking to everybody. But today I dropped by to provoke your destiny. I came to provoke your destiny and tell you this, there is more. There is more. You don't have to be defeated. You don't have to be discouraged. You don't have to be beat down. You don't have to hide. You don't have to doubt. You don't have to walk in fear. You don't have to lay awake at night worried about your issues. You don't have to wonder, is God on my side? The Lord is with you. You may have been acting like a shrimp and chicken little, but I want to tell you that the Lord is with you. See, some people that are with you ain't with you. Have you ever had folks that were with you? You were paying the bills. They were with you. You were buying dinner. They were with you. But when it came down to the fight, they were with you, but they were not with you. But I've come to tell you, I serve a God that'll get in the battle with you. I serve a God that'll get in the fight with you. He'll fight for your children. He'll fight for your future. He'll fight for your son. He'll fight for your daughter. He'll give you power to overcome. The Lord is with you. Who am I provoking in this room? Who am I? Who did God assign me to?
Did God assign me to provoke you, young person, and tell you, don't give up. The Lord is with you. If you believe it, give God a praise right now. God was about to change his hiding place into a holy place. God was about to change his season of defeat into a season of victory because God wanted to use him to deliver his nation. He's spending his energy treading wheat. He's spending his strength treading wheat. When God said, I didn't call you to tread wheat. I want you to spend your energy on what matters. See, the enemy wants you to waste your energy on things that don't matter. But he has grossly underestimated you. Some of you within this church have put too much energy into hiding, too much energy in your problems, too much energy in your drama, too much energy in what went wrong, too much thought, too much reasoning on what ain't going right. The Lord brought me here to tell you that it is a brand new season. You need to step out of that doubt, step out of that fear, come out of the cave. Tell your neighbor, come out of the cave. You got to come out out of the cave because there is a mighty woman of valor in you there is a mighty man of valor in you the devil wants you to hide because he wants you to think you can't do it but when God joins up with you baby anything can happen in that moment then 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 Gideon is faced with a decision he's given an opportunity and the opportunity is this what am I going to choose? See, often in life, we have to choose between right and wrong. Oh, I know that not too many preachers will talk about right and wrong anymore. But there still is right and wrong. Okay, y'all don't make me come down and amen myself. You were just throwing babies when I was talking about the Lord is with you. Come on. Y'all were knocking stuff over and pulling your wig off and shaking it. But now that I said there's sin and righteousness, right and wrong, where are the preachers that will tell us about right and wrong? Where are the bishops that will stand up that aren't afraid of you, that will tell you there's a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof is judgment? I've come to tell you that there is still a right and a wrong way to live. There's still a right way and a wrong way to behave and here this man is he's faced in that moment with a decision every open door every opportunity that God gives you there will be a decision and the Bible said in Judges 20 in Judges 6 25 that it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him take your father's young bull the second bull of, the, of seven years old and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the wooden image that is beside it. He said, your father's been bound, but just because your father's been bound don't mean you have to be bound. Oh, where are my people at today? Just because your father's been bound or your mother's been bound, that doesn't mean you have to be bound. Just because your folks weren't able to get an education, that don't mean you can't get an education. Just because nobody in your family ever owned a home, that don't mean you can't own a home. Where are the church folk at? Just because ever somebody before you, that generation was alcoholic, you are not going to be alcoholic in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Let me tell you about my family. Generation after generation after generation, addicted, jacked up, and messed up. But here I am, fresh, fired up by the power of the Holy Spirit. I've broken it off of me. I've broken it off of my children. We don't live in doubt. We don't live in fear. We don't live in bondage because we tore that mess down. Somebody give God praise if you're not going to let it get to the next generation. I love this here because the Lord said, tear it down. Push your neighbor and say, tear it down. He said, tear it down and then build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this rock in the proper arrangement and take the second bull and offer uh, it as a burnt sacrifice with the wood, with the wood, with the wood of the image of which you cut down. Now, this is a trip. Because when you transliterate, when you define the name Gideon, his name means cut down. His name means to chop down. So the Lord said, I want you to become just like your name. He said, you got to chop down. Come on, somebody. You got to chop down the altar of Baal. You got to cut down the wooden image that is beside of it. You got to throw it down. You got to cut it down. It literally means, his name means to throw down. You got to throw down some things. You got to let go of some things. You got to cut down some things. He said, I want you to know what you were made for. He said, he said, I want you to know that you've been made for this moment. I'm giving you power to overcome, but you're going to have to make a choice right now. Are you going to stand and do what I've called you to do? Or are you going to stay in the cave? Are you going to be like everybody else? Or are you going to stay in the cave? Are you going to let the enemy get the best of you? Or are you going to stay in the cave? Are you going to let the enemy have your children? Or are you going to stay in the cave? Are you going to let the enemy torment you with depression? Or are you going to stay in the cave? What are you going to do? Are you going to just stay in the cave? Are you going to say, devil, you will not have my joy. You will not have my peace. Are you going to stay in the cave? Or are you coming out not by might or by power, but by the spirit? of the Lord tell your neighbor don't stay in the cave don't stay in the cave so he said here's what I want you to do go to your daddy's house and tear down the man's altar and tear down his assurance pole and he said and and I want you to build an altar to your God in this place he said the very place that you're afraid is the very place you're about to have a breakthrough who am I talking to? The very place that you've been wondering, the very place that the enemy has been attacking, this is the place where you're about to have an encounter with God. Somebody give the Lord praise if you believe it. He said, I want you to take the altar of Baal and I want you to take the Asherah pole and I want you to build a fire of sacrifice. He, the fire in the Bible represents worship in this context. He said, I want you to build a fire. See, for us to be willing, for us to know victory, we're going to have to be willing to tear down whatever God wants torn down. But then, then, then he said, don't just tear it down. Take all of the wood that you get from that altar and build a fire with it. And I want you to use what used to bound, bind you up to bring you a to a place of new and fresh worship. Hear me in this house. He used the altar. He used the pole. He used the failure to build the fire. I said he used the failure to build the fire. It was the failure that built the fire. It was the... Uh, 
if you get this, I may have to throw my tennis shoe at you if you don't say amen. It was the failure that built the fire. What one once represented your bondage and defeat must now become the thing that fuels your worship. It is the failure that will build the fire. The devil is mad right now because there are things you used to cry over that you don't cry over anymore. There are mess you used to weep over that you used to weep over that you don't weep over anymore. There were dilemmas that had locked you up, but now you dance over your dilemma and you shout over your problem because your failure has released your fire. You can look back and say, look what the Lord has done. I got unshackled from it. I tore it down. The Lord delivered me from it. I dare somebody right now look back and give God a praise over everything that's been torn down in your life. My God, I need to hurry, but some of y'all ought not even be here. After all you've been through, you ought to look back and say, take this, devil. I'm going to give God praise. My failure has now fed my fire, and I'm going to thank the Lord for what I made it through. Hallelujah. Now, now it even gets better because they're all tripping out now. They wake up, and everybody's worshiping Baal. Everybody it, it, it has an Asherah pole. Everybody is in bondage. But this man takes his daddy's altar and tears it down. And tears down his Asherah pole. And everybody in town said, now you better kill him. You better kill him. You better kill Gideon. And, and amazingly, it's like the father of Gideon had a little bit of wisdom and said, listen, if Baal is God, let Baal kill him. And if Jehovah is God, Jehovah will keep him alive. If Baal is God, let Baal kill him. And the Bible said that seemed good to the people. And then dad looked at him and said, I'm not going to call you Gideon anymore. I'm going to change your name to Jerubbabel. He said, from now on, we're going to call you Jerubbabel. And if you transliterate and define Jerubbabel, it means Baal's antagonizer or Baal's tormentor. He said, from here on out, I'm going to call you Baal's tormentor, Baal's antagonizer. Let me tell you something. When you come out of hiding, when you get out of the hiding place and prepare yourself for battle, you're going to get a name in hell. I don't know about you, but I want them to call me the devil's antagonizer. Hallelujah. I want them to say Jim Rayleigh is the devil's antagonizer in Daytona Beach. He's the devil's worst nightmare. He's against racism. He's against immorality. He defeats the attacks of the enemy. I want the devil to worry when I wake up. I Come on, I want to give him a Maalox moment. I want him, if he sleeps, I want to keep him awake. I want him to get depressed over me. I want him to get upset over me. Oh, Jesus. Is there anybody that you want the devil to know that you, I am your antagonizer? You will not have. You will not have my family. You will not have my future. You will not have my purpose. 
not, not only that, I don't want a pastor, a limp-wristed, sissified, barely-making-it, whining, wimpy church that's scared to worship, scared to pray, scared to give God glory, scared to bind the devil, scared to give an altar call, scared to rebuke the enemy, scared to take authority, scared to preach the word, scared to see people set free. I'm ready to lead a radical group of believers. Listen, we ain't building a church, we're building an army. We're not building a church. We are taking it by force. The kingdom suffered violent. We are going to be violent with the enemy. How many of you are ready to be the devil's worst nightmare? Touch three people and say, I'm the devil's antagonizer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to rue the day that he messed with my children. He's going to rue the day that he touched my marriage. He's going to rue the day that he tried to make me depressed. He's going to rue the day I'm the devil's antagonist. You thought I was Bobby. You thought I was Willie. You thought I was Kathy. You thought I was gone. But look at me now. How do you like me now? Baby, I'm going into the enemy's camp. And I'm going to take back what he stole from me. And I'm telling the devil, not another day. Give God a shout in the house. Touch your neighbor and say, not another day. Not another day. I ain't hiding another day. I'm not walking in fear another day. I'm not taking it another day. I'm tearing it down. I'm seeing a new season. One, two, three. Give God a shout. Hallelujah. Now y'all sit down because I'm trying to land this plane, but I feel victory in the house. I feel like there's a, I ain't gonna take it no more anointing that has settled in this room. So Gideon gets bold. Push your neighbor, say it's time to get bold. Huh. And he marshals an army. And they get 32,000 to come out. 32,000. Now they're facing an army with 135,000. And the odds are four to one. That means for every one Israelite, there are four Midianites. And the Lord said, listen, you're going to have to slim this down a little bit. The Israel... You, you, you're still outnumbered more than four to one, but the Lord told him, Gideon, you have too many troops. And Gideon said, what was that? Said, you got too many troops. He said, because if you win this battle, the, the, the people will say that they did it by themselves. They'll say that they made it happen, so let's slim it out a little bit. Let everybody who's afraid go home. And 22,000 said, he said, Are you, if you're scared, go home. He said, I'm out. If you're afraid, go home. Thank God, hallelujah, I'm out of here. See, you can find out when it's time to fight who's really serious about it. Mm. So, so, so they go down to 10,000. Now, 135,000 are facing 10,000. Tell your neighbor, that's 13 to 1. 13 to 1 odds. 13 to 1. 13 soldiers against one. And the Lord looked at Gideon and said, Son, that's still too many. <laughs> 
I'm sure Gideon said, well, uh, Have you ever had God tell you something so stupid you can't even believe it? Can I talk to real people? Have you ever had the Lord make a promise to you and it seems so outrageous? God, I feel like running all over this room. I said, have you ever had God make you a promise that is so outrageous that you're even afraid to say it? You're even afraid to talk about it. There's things you ain't even told anybody yet, but God wants you to know that you need to get ready for this season that you're about to step in. Watch this. He said, take him down to the river. He said, and I want you to just use the dogs. He said, take the dogs, the one who lap up the water like dogs. He said, I, I just want those ones. See, see, you may feel like a dog. Come on, who let the dogs out? Where y'all at? Come on. I said, are there any? Y'all don't get religious on me. He said, you just use the dogs. Just get the dogs. I'd rather be a dog for God than anything for the devil. There was only 300 of them that drank like dogs. And God said, there's your army. There's your army. 0.9% was all that stayed out of the original 32,000. Only 0.9% stayed. It is 400 to 1 odds now. Everything has shifted. Now, if God don't do it, it won't get done. If God don't bring it, it won't get brought. But God said, son, I had to let you get into a position and a situation so that when I brought the miracle, would nobody get the glory but me when I bring the breakthrough some of you have been sadly mistaken and the devil has tried to convince you that you're in the season that you're in because God is mad at you and God is upset with you but I came to provoke a praise in you right now and tell you the only reason that you are where you are is so that when the miracle manifests can't nobody say nothing but look what the Lord has done one two three give God a praise They went into battle and all they had was a pitcher. All they had was a vessel with fire in it. Ask your neighbor, say neighbor, do you have fire in your vessel? Yay, Jesus. Fire represents the presence of God. Fire represents the power of God. Fire represents the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Ask your neighbor again. Say, neighbor, do you have fire in your vessel? Oh, Jesus, it's time to get fire in your vessel. The Lord said at the appointed time, I want you to blow the trumpet. I want you to break the vessel. And I want you to release the fire. And I want you to lift up a shout. See, the truth is, you think the devil's doing the breaking? God is doing the breaking. He's gonna get the fire out of your vessel. Is there anybody here today? You got fire in your vessel. Tell your neighbor, I got fire in my vessel. The devil's not gonna get the best of me. I got fire in my vessel. The devil can't have my children. I got fire in my vessel. The devil can't have my future. I got fire in my vessel. He 
said, I want you to break the vessel. He said, I want you to break the vessel. I want you to break the vessel and release the fire. And then he said, lift up a shout. Tell your neighbor, my shout makes me dangerous. Yeah, yeah, I preached that last year. My shout makes me dangerous. The moment the fire was released, the shout was lifted up. The enemy got confused. The enemy got afraid. The enemy said, don't we have more? Why are they shouting like that? Can't we defeat them? Why are they shouting like that? I'm telling you, if you'll release the fire in your vessel and lift up a shout before the Lord, the enemy will be confused, contaminated, and flee in the name of Jesus. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor, you just sit there Maybe you ain't fighting a battle I'm fighting. But I want fire to be released from this vessel. My shout makes me dangerous. Tell him my shout makes me dangerous. Let hell hear your shout. Let the enemy hear your shout. Let the devil hear your shout. Let the haters hear your shout. Let the antagonizers hear your shout. Let the doubters hear your shout. It's time to shout and release the fire. Oh, I feel something in here. Maybe not everybody, but can about five or six or 800 people Lift up a shout right now. How would you praise him if you knew that your praise would cause your enemy to run? How would you praise him if you knew that your praise would make the devil panic? Would you just stand there? Would you be cute? Would you run back to the cave? Or would you open up your mouth? Let that vessel be broken. Release that fire and shout unto God. Stand to your feet and shout, shout, shout. Stand to your feet and shout, shout, shout. Stand on your feet and shout, shout, shout. Shout in the back. Shout on the side. Shout in the front. Tell your neighbor, shout it out. Shout it out. Shout out that fear. Shout out that trouble. Shout out that anxiety. Shout it out. Shout like he's a way maker. Shout like he's more than enough. Shout like he's a door opener. Shout! Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. That is who you are. Come on, waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is who you are. Give him a shout if you believe it. It didn't seem like a fair fight. But with God, it was not a fair fight, but it was a fixed fight. Anytime God gets involved, the end is already established. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. God, set your people free. Bring them out of the cave. 
You say, well, what's going on? God's making a superhero out of you. You supply the hero. He supplies the super. The Lord said, I'm going to let you get to a place, son, where you can't do this by yourself. And when you break through, when you break through, there will be no denying that it's God. He said, when you break through, there's going to be no denying. The Bible said in Judges that in order to know complete victory, they had to praise his name and stand their ground. You got to stand your ground and you got to praise his name. And you got to say, God, I may not understand it, but I'm going to praise your name and stand my ground. Make a little noise if you're going to stand your ground. The Bible said, this is what is so beautiful. If you're a preacher, if you can't preach this, you better quit preaching. Because the Bible said every man stood his ground. 135,000 against 400, but every man stood his ground. Every man stayed in his place. Every man stood his ground. I want to tell you something, honey. I want you to understand where I'm coming from. You got to stand your ground. Tell your neighbor, stand your ground. Stand your ground. And while you're standing your ground, you better give God praise. <laughs> you better give God praise. You better give God praise. Because God, God shows up in praise. God, listen, your praise brings God to the battlefield and God has never lost a battle. Hallelujah. So I was thinking about this. Can I close? Somebody said, nope, I like you. <laughs> On that day, just a few hundred men triumphed over 135,000 with the power of God. And the way that they were chosen is they had to, to cup their hands and drink like a dog. Everybody's standing, if you're able. Reach down there, cup their hands, drink like a dog. I saw three things. Number one, in order to do this, number one, to cup their hands, they had to lay aside their weapons. Out of 10,000, only 300 did this. And it was God's way of saying, it's not going to be your weapons that win this war. It's going to be mine. I've come to tell you, lay aside your weapons. You've talked to that boy till you blew in the face. Baby, lay aside your weapons. You, you have tried to deal with her. Lay aside your weapons. The odds were insurmountable, but victory was secured when they laid aside their weapons. Can I tell you something? AA is good, but you who've been delivered know that AA ultimately didn't do it for you. It wasn't your ability. It wasn't the power of positive thinking. It wasn't the law of attraction, and it wasn't the psychic line. You got out of the mess you were in because you laid aside your natural weapons and you said, I cannot survive this season with And God delivered you. Number two, empty hands were clean hands. When they prepared themselves to drink, they had clean hands. So you just say, Lord, purify my motive. Let my heart be pure. Don't let anything about me be self-seeking or self-serving. How many of you want a pure heart before the Lord in this next season? But the last thing I noticed, and I'm closing now, was that they chose the ones who 
lap like a dog. And when I was thinking about this, they got all the way down to the river. They laid aside their weapons and they cut the water and they were lapping it like a dog. Now I've heard all kind of preachers that tried to make it like, man, these were the best, most incredible warriors. No, these were the stupid guys. When you know the enemy is all around you and the smart guys are drinking like this and they're looking around, they got their weapon in their hand, let him bring it. I'm but the dumb guys are leaning down like this going, boy, this is, go ahead, kill me now. At least I won't see it coming. It seems to me that God did not choose the best. He chose the rest. You tripping because you're trying to be the best. God said, I'll use you even if you ain't the best. I'll, I'll raise you up even though you got a jacked up past and a messed up life and you're struggling right now. I'm talking about since you've been saved. God said that's all right because I specialize in finding unlikely heroes hiding in caves who seem underqualified but the truth is, you may feel underqualified, but in reality, when the Lord is on your side, you are not underqualified. You are underestimated. <laughs> Pastor Rayleigh, I got issues. Well, join the club. I am the president of the I Got Issues Club. Come on, somebody. Been running my head off this week, preaching here, coming to work, driving to Miami. It's, it's crazy because Sunday night I preached in Macon. I went and preached to the Church of God, the whole state of the Church of God, huge event. Man, all these preachers. I don't know, there may be a trade deal going on. I think they're going to trade me out with the fellowship I'm part of, trade me to the church of God. Come on, somebody, I don't know. I'm not much into denominations, y'all know me. And it was just so traditional and but wonderful, dynamic move of God. But pastors that were there. Then Friday night, I drive to Miami. There's this young, radical church full of young people. You think Calvary's music is loud? Let me tell you something. The music was pushing me. Come on, somebody. But hundreds of those young people, before I walked out of the room, were baptized in the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. God takes me from the Church of God all the way down to Miami with a cool, hip church. 
You know why? Because it never has been the messenger. It's always been the message. Well, Pastor, I got issues. Join the club. Like I said, I'm the president of the issue committee. But God wants to take you up. There's a superhero in you. And the, and the season that you've been in, God is just making you exactly what he wants you to be. Tell your neighbor, lay aside your weapons. Mm. I remember when I was a little kid, we used to sing this song, lay aside the garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's a fountain flowing for the soul, unclean, oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Hear me. There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean will be washed in the blood of the Lamb. And I can remember my dad standing up and singing, Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Some of y'all old-timers know it. Are your garments spotless? Are they snow are you washed in the blood of the lamb are you willing to lay aside your strength are you willing to lay aside your garments are you willing to lay aside your ability and say God I can't but you can there's a superhero in you every head bowed and every eyes closed I feel the anointing in I feel an addiction breaking anointing in here. I feel a suicide chasing anointing in here. I feel a depression breaking anointing in here. I feel a sin destroying anointing in here. Come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you're here and you'd say, Pastor, I've got issues, I've got sin in my life, and I want you to pray for me because I'm not where I need to be. When I count to three, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Say, since you're praying, Pastor, pray for me if that's you. When I count to three, raise your hand. Pastor, since you're lifting somebody up, lift me up. One, pray for me, Pastor. Two, remember me, Pastor. I've got sin that separates me from God. Three, pray for me. Slip up your hand across the room. Hold it up in every section. I see hands being lifted. Hold it up. Don't put it back down. Hold it up. I want everybody that raised your hand and those that didn't, I want you to take your hand and put it on your heart right now. 
And I want you to pray this prayer after me loud and strong. I want you to pray it from your, from your very heart. Everybody's going to pray, but you who raised your hand, this has significant meaning to you because this is you saying, I'm done with my past. I'm done trying to fix it myself. This is you saying, God, I want a new beginning and I want it today. And after you pray this prayer, you need to come back to church. You need to get plugged in. You need to get involved. You need to join a small group. You need to get discipled. You need to grow because there's a superhero in you. Pray this prayer after me now. Pray, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, please forgive me for every sin. Take my heart. Wash me clean. Make me new. I receive you. I embrace you. I lay aside my stained garments. I lay aside my own weapons. I lay aside my own way. And I say, Lord, renew my mind. Renew my life. Give me a new beginning, and in Jesus' name, I'll never be the same. I'll never be the same. Somebody give the Lord a praise right now. Come on. Last thing, reach over and touch a neighbor's shoulder. Reach over and touch a neighbor's shoulder. How many of you feel like that word was for you today? Come on, just give a shout if you feel like maybe you shouted it out today. Hold that neighbor's shoulder. A couple things. Number one, if you want to go to Israel with me, I'm going to tell you about that trip. I'm meeting right now. I'm going to go back to the chapel. If you want to go, make your way there as quickly as you can, and I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes. If you're my guest, stop by Guest Central. I'd like my staff to meet you. If I can get back there to meet you, I will. But I want you to do that. And the last thing, sign up for a small group. Sign up for the Charisma Conference. Both of those opportunities are right there in the back. Hey, to me, every one of you, are superheroes I believe the best is yet to come look at your neighbor just before Pastor Josh closes us in prayer and say don't judge me yet oh come on say don't judge me yet my best is about to come hold that neighbor's shoulder come on son what a word I don't know about you but I'm leaving different changed and transformed today pastor had it right talking about who let the dogs in. Let me tell you what the devil's about to say when you walk out of this church today. He's going to say, who let those dogs out? Because we're about to take some territory, take some things back. Some things are about to change for you and your family. They thought they were fighting dogs, but dog backwards is God. That's what the enemy doesn't know about you. As he thinks he's fighting you, but he's really fighting the God. Selah. Make sure you take some time today. Go in the four-year groups, Limitless Parents. It's going to be Limitless Night. You can sign up for Summer Encounters. So much happening here, SCU. Can I pray for you before you leave today? Father, we do love you. We do love you. We do love you. God, and we're so thankful, God, that you bring a word right to us, that you empower us, Lord, for victorious living. So, God, I pray today as we leave this place, we leave victorious knowing, God, that you have already made us more than conquerors in you. So, God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, if you believe it, somebody shout amen. Why don't you hug a few people, shake a few hands. God bless you. We will see you next week. Remember, July 3rd is Revival Tuesday.